Episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on January the 29th, 2019. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, an escaped strongman, Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will be discussing the games that we played last week. Metro Exodus is now an Epic Store exclusive. EA backs down over loot boxes in Belgium. Farming Simulator League is a real esports venture with a $250,000 prize pool. The Westworld game Bethesda sued for ripping off Fallout Shelter is now shutting down. The United States spent over $43 billion on video games last year. Facebook knowingly duped game-playing kids and their parents out of money. We'll have our weekly community corner with something sent in by Jim and our weekly Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. I almost said 2018. <laughs> like, I was, like, this close, but I didn't. And, and uh, yes, this close. You can see my fingers clearly on this audio recording. Yeah, uh, but, visual cues are uh, just uh, so important for an audio podcast. Extremely. Just the most important. Um, we didn't talk about it pre-show, but I will say right off the top, we need to remember to say, uh, we, I put, or we, we put together a thing and put it in Discord, mm-hmm. uh, discussing our new plans going forward for the year with our community refocus. Yeah, and if you're not in our Discord, you can find a link on our website, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which has the RSS feed and our, our media links as well, just to get Indeed. that out there. It has been pinned uh, as one of the only pinned posts to the general chat and also in the feedback section. You can go read through the whole thing if you want. A quick rundown is that we're refocusing on our community this year. Uh, We're going to be doing community nights every Monday um, going forward. So the first Monday we're going to be doing one is the 4th, uh, February the 4th. Um, There will be an announcement either on Twitter or on Discord or maybe both if for some reason we have to cancel uh, and we will announce what we're going to do. We'll try to on the episode the week before. And uh, if that doesn't happen, it will definitely be on Discord or on Twitter. So the best place to find out all this stuff is on Discord or by following us on Twitter at VGL Podcast. So just get that out of the way right off the top before I forget. It just popped into my head while we were sitting here. Like, oh, yeah, I probably should just make mention of that. Yeah. Uh, so what are we going to do? Uh, I was thinking that we could go back to an old favorite, uh, something we used to play all the time, which is Rocket League. All right. All right. I guess that means I need to install that and maybe see if I'm actually competent still. Oh, what am I, I saying also, still? <laughs> I also need to reinstall Rocket League. I'm probably still okay at it. Oh, I... I'm still uh, subscribed to the Rocket League subreddit and looking at some of the plays on there, it's just like, why don't I even bother thinking about this game? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm I'm not that good. I never have been that good, but I was I was pretty okay at it. So I'm probably just okay at it now. Yeah, but also these people are the ones that have been playing it nonstop since it launched, right? Yeah, for several years now. Um, but yeah. 
So speaking of some video games, Rage, what game did you play this week? Yeah, I've been doing a focus, and I didn't even copy it over into uh, the show notes, so even you don't know. (laughs) Oh, hey, you didn't. You're right, you didn't. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I've I've been focusing on trying to get some uh, time with Vampire the Masquerade, and boy, I think I'm going to be devices on that one. (laughs) <laughs> uh and also just clean up the apartment because i had the entire place just a complete mess and it's still a complete mess but it's less so now so i grabbed one of my twitch games and uh, decided to play through it a little bit i'm gonna be linking to the uh, steam thing because you know you can't buy games on twitch anymore it, not that i would have linked there anyway uh but I played through about a quarter of the Framed Collection, which is an interesting game. It's essentially, I, I, I would call it a pseudo-puzzle game, because there's, uh, to me, for my definition of a puzzle game is something that you could sit down and work out logically. I think that's a fair definition, right? Yeah, I think so. In this, Makes sense. there's a little bit too much just pure luck or pure you know guesstimate about what's going to happen for me to really call it a true puzzle game but it's an interesting experiment framed is essentially a long chase sequence uh between two spies trying to well at least the first one because what this is is a collection of mobile games i'm pretty sure these are mobiles at least uh it's a a team of spies trying to run away from the police while uh, keeping a, a hold of a briefcase. No idea what's in the briefcase. It's probably like Pulp Fiction. They open it and it glows and, you know, the movie ends or what the hell, right? Uh, but how this game is set up is it's like a comic strip where you have the uh, opening and closing uh, boxes and you have to get to the ending. And each frame is a different sequence. So uh, a good example of this is early on in the game, uh, the male spa jumps out of the window and he uses the briefcase to zip line down an electric uh, electric, uh, line, all right? Okay. Uh, Utility line. Well, in the default layout, uh, you have uh, him diving out the window and then him uh, or the uh, view of the rooftop where he would land and there's two frames in between that uh, you could swap around in the default layout uh, he gets shot as he goes down and his body disturbs a pigeon that's sitting on the line well because you have the power of the player character you're able to swap those two frames so he first encounters the pigeon that uh, gets spooked and flies off and uh, startles the gunman because it you know, decides to dive bomb the guy with the gun for some reason. And he's able to escape. And that's how the entire game kind of plays out, where you have to figure out the proper interaction. Some of them are more obvious than others. Uh, like, towards the end of the first act, uh, you're diving out the window and you have to essentially get a truck in the proper position to be able to land in the back of it. And there's only a couple frames that we really have to toy around with. But other sequences, there's up to nine different frames to mess around with. And sometimes it can be a little bit confusing on what actions will lead to what. 
uh, for example, there was a prolonged chase sequence uh, where each frame had you essentially going around a corner. Uh, and if you encounter the police face-to-face, uh, you just give up. In order to defeat a police officer, you essentially have to sneak up behind them, a, a sort of a pseudo-stealth element. And it was a little tough to be able to figure out exactly what frames uh, would have the guy coming in at the proper angle to be able to jump the policeman, just because of the way the frames were drawn. Overall, though, it the game has, I'm pretty sure this is rotoscoping, where it's some very fluid and well-done animations that doesn't feel like it's hand-drawn. Uh, but it's not. It, it doesn't feel like it's just a you know, computer generated either. It has that kind of a uh, little bit of roughness to it mm-hmm. uh, that uh, rotoscoping uh, typically has. And also, there's little touches like the uh, the trench coat that the spy wears, for example, uh, realistically flutters in the animations, and animators wouldn't spend that much time on it. And uh, there's no dialogue in the game, and it's all all the sound effects are portrayed through the music which is this you know really sort of pseudo cheesy noir jazz which i absolutely love <laughs> uh, so every time like there's a gunshot uh, instead of having a gun sound it's a snare drum being hit you know or a cymbal being hit you know uh, a guy getting uh, bashed over the head with the briefcase you know that would be like another cymbal hit that sort of thing it's punctuated in the musical track itself, and it's done really well. That said, there I do have some problems with the game. For one, sometimes it's a little bit obtuse on trying to figure out exactly what the actions it wants you to do are, because it's not exactly intuitive. Uh, for example, uh, a sequence fairly early in the game. Uh, you're trying to escape down a, a fire escape. Yeah, you know, imagine that escaping down an escape, <laughs> and there's this jump that just looks impossible. And no matter what angle you try to take it from, uh, you just never make it, and you, the uh, railing collapses under you, or the floor collapses under you. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the sequence is actually in one of the screenshots, or part of it, I should say. Uh, in order to get by it, you actually have to be able to get an axe from a different scene that uh, isn't highlighted as an interactable object. So you have to try to you know, figure out the way to be able to sneak up on those policemen, knock the guy out, and then grab uh, take it, your time to grab the axe when, honestly, I wouldn't have thought that that would have been a thing uh, otherwise, you know? Yeah. So there's just, that, that's why I, it's tough for me to really call this a puzzle game because of that sort of, you know, guessing element and also later on uh, about a third of the way through the first game they introduced rotations where frames could be rotated to uh, uh, different orientations and for some uh, things it may just be redirecting what direction you go in or make it so that you know a a grate on the uh, ground level will be above you so uh, maybe a guy could drop something from the grate uh, to uh, knock out a police officer, that sort of thing. But yeah. later on, they start introducing bigger uh, frames as well that have essentially an anchor point on them that they rotate around. And as you rotate these, it also changes their position 
and the sequence. So if it's uh, laying down uh, as a, uh, a landscape, it may be you know, like the fourth or fifth uh, uh, cell in the sequence or the f- uh, fourth or fifth frame in the sequence. But if it's vertical, it may be the second. And there's no indication on what order the frames go in. And that's also why I hesitate calling it a puzzle game right off the bat because there's a lot of you know trying to figure out, okay, I just moved the, all the frames around. What the, what's the sequence in this? Because it doesn't really show me. There's no indicator. There's no you know, order of operations going on. Which I found incredibly frustrating, especially when some of the uh, longer frames will also, because it displaces the other frames as it rotates, kind of shovels everything around. And the game doesn't do a great job of maintaining the order if you're grabbing a frame from the very early sequence and moving it later on. Like, if I'm grabbing the second or third frame in the sequence and I'm moving it to, like, the eighth or ninth position in a long sequence, as I'm dragging through the uh, uh, order uh, down uh, a couple rows, it may uh, displace a couple other frames. And I may not notice it until it's too late, and and I won't catch it until I'm actually playing through the sequence, and I see, oh, crap, uh, those two uh, got swapped. And there is a fast forward function on going through the sequence, but it's only like a two times speed. It's not, you know, okay, this frame looks good. This frame looks good. So I could just click, click, click and skip to, you know, where I'm uh, uncertain about. It's just weighing through the entire thing. And some of the sequences are actually fairly long. I mean, they're beautifully animated, but they're just annoyingly long to go through. Which is also a downside. But I do like that it's a game that does something different. I've seen a few games that handle this comic book style and do different things with it. There's, uh, of course, Comic Zone way back in the day. Oh, that was a beat up platformer. I, I, I used the styling, but I didn't really do a lot with uh, you know, changing around order of operations or uh, with what the game world actually is. Uh, there was one I've been seeing tech demos of, I'm, and I'm blanking what the name of it is, that you can move the uh, panels around uh, and uh, uh, pretty freely to be able to change the order of things. That's sort of like this, but not quite like this. So, uh, you know, a fairly unique game that I would say it's worth at least a look. Yeah, it does look interesting. I had never, you know, seen this game before. Yeah, um, you should have it on so, Twitch. Okay. Then I guess I just got it and I didn't notice, which is good, because I, I had just went and added it to my Steam wish list, but if I've got it on Twitch... Yeah, it was a Twitch game like there. two or three months ago now. Yeah, I'm not sure. Love Shack Entertainment. Uh, they've only done this. Unless, uh, actually, let me see if they've done any other games, because it's always interesting to see what else they come up with. Looks but like it's while just you're this. At that. Gotcha. Yeah, it looks interesting. Um, it's a neat idea I've never seen anywhere before. So even if it is kind of clunky, I would probably give it a little bit of yeah, it, forgiveness yeah, uh, just because yeah, I've never be seen something like it. pretty damn clunky at times, especially in uh, more crowded frames. And some of the frames... Uh, yeah, this uh, came out... Yeah, it, this was a mobile uh, title. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that explains some of the clunkiness as well. 
Uh, some of the frames, just because it, they can change the sequence so much, it's tough for me to call it a, pu- a puzzle game because of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not exactly intuitive on uh, the order of things. Like, uh, for example, um, uh, this was towards the end of my play uh, or my play time. I only played like an hour, an hour and a half of it. It's a pretty short game. That's the other thing. So I'm not sure if it's really worth the $10 price tag. Unless the later portions of the first game and getting into the second game start to get a lot more complex and more fulfilling. But because Bubble Title, I really doubt that. Uh, uh, The uh, panels started to get to the point where it was really tough to be able to tell order of operation until it actually went through the sequence once. For example, it would uh, do almost... uh, I uh, go down two panels, then it would skip over to the uh, long one uh, in one configuration. But if you swap the long one down to uh, a uh, uh, landscape again, it would go from number two to like number seven. So you could see, you know, why it's a little bit jarring on that. You know, all they needed to do was have numbers, you know? Yeah. That makes sense the meaning of numbers i should say mm-hmm. cool especially with uh, how the panels rotate and uh, can really swap around uh, uh, the order but yeah not sure if i agree on the 10 dollar price tag i would say it's definitely worth checking out uh, on sale if you're interested in something a little bit different yeah and i'll have to go check it out cuz i mean i've got it on my on twitch so oh you do have cool. it cool yeah. Uh, okay. I know you wasn't sure, but you could see why you could see some of what I was talking about, especially like the bird sequence. It's very early on, but take a look at screenshot at that screenshot. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was um, browsing through them while you were talking. I mean, that's like the perfect example of you know just how the game changes uh, uh, based on just the order of the uh, of a couple frames. It'll be interesting to see if you know they actually do a complete story, but. I, honestly, I think it's just a MacGuffin to ex, uh, to explain away a chase sequence. And according to this, it took three hours to get through the entire thing. So yeah, that seems about right. I was at an hour, and I was uh, about a third. Or, yeah, no, no, I was over halfway through the first one. So yeah, that seems about right. Anyway, Fancy. you were saying? Yeah. Uh, so you ready for me to ready to swap to me? Uh, yeah. Let's go for it. Sweet. Well, let's derail so got... this thing. <laughs> but, um, so I've got two games. Uh, the first is a game called Derail Valley. This is a train simulator game originally designed for VR. Uh, it's got a non-VR mode, but I could see it working much better in VR. Um, it can be a bit clunky at times, and there are a few things that are really frustrating that the features don't exist in the non-VR version of the game, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, what it is, is I think someone took the concept of uh, Euro or American Truck Simulator. It was like, hey, what if I apply this to trains? So what it is, is that you... Uh, it's a, a train driving simulator game. There's only two different trains in the game right now. One of them is a diesel train, and the other one is a steam engine. And the goal is is like you are a uh train engineer 
you have to pass the tutorial to get your initial train license. Uh, and then you can take, uh, or once you do enough jobs and get far so enough, you can get. you're saying that you start off and you're in training? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, but then once you have played enough, you get the license or completed enough uh, jobs, you can get the license for the steam engine and uh, more advanced things. And apparently there's secret vehicles that I haven't found yet and different uh, extras that you unlock as you go through because you can deliver larger trains and take on bigger jobs and stuff like that. But there's this open world map um, with a bunch of different rail yards in it and different classifications of freight and things. And you go to a place... You go through and look at the different jobs that there are. Um, and then you just pick a job that you want to do, accept it, and then complete the job. And there are things like, um, you know, deliveries, delivering cargo, uh, loading and unloading trains in the yard, rearranging things, uh, like in a shunting yard. Um, and you do it all from this first person view. Go, you know, you have to get in and out of the train. You can walk around, uh, go into the station, interact with things, accept the jobs. Um, you also can just drive around if you want to. There's really no limit as to where you can go. I mean, the trains have to stay on the tracks, but since you can get out of the train and walk around, you can go to the, like the city area or any of the stations, and you can walk around and explore. Because it's a VR, intended to be a VR title, you can interact with most things. This involves picking them up and manipulating them seeing if they do anything cool or throwing them or you know whatever sort of silly stuff like that um but it's from that perspective it's it shows a lot of promise um i mean it definitely needs some refinement some polish uh handling of the jobs could go a lot easier um for example if you want to check on your progress on a job you have to take the job that you've accepted walk up to this thing called the job validator put the job in there and then it spits out a thing and tells you what your progress is. You don't really need to do that. I think once you kind of figure out what you're doing, but the first couple of times I tried to do a job, I was like, wait, what, where am I doing? Cause it's like, I'll go to do a thing. And it's like, the train is not parked properly. I'm like, well, did I miss a step? And I, I had, but you know, flipping through the pages on what the job tells you to do is a little bit weird at first. Again, that goes to the quirks of this being designed primarily as a VR title. And then it being changed later to where you could play it without a VR headset. So there is a little bit of clunkiness to the the controls and things. And I'm I'm sort of learning my way to work around it, learning a few little shortcuts and tricks for how to deal things. And then also there's just some experience that comes with like, okay, I need to like here's how I read this thing, or here's you know I need to make sure it's in this position to load or unload, you know, I, I've learned what sort of the ranges are on that stuff is, um, and you know, it gives you some acceptable level of tolerance, but some things are a little more precise than others. And I think it would be easier to handle it in VR as opposed to out of VR. But the, the, some of the things that you can't do if you don't have a VR headset is you can't teleport. Um, so this is extremely, early access like this is like alpha stage or like maybe like their first beta um or, and or I, I got this on key... full release yeah so I got, I got this on key mailer i didn't pay for it um and it's definitely not worth 20 bucks in this state right now um it's more of like a proof of concept than a game um so if you don't have the vr headset you can't teleport which is a problem because 
you can't actually save the game auto saves whenever you quit but every time you reopen the game it just dumps you out wherever you last were and all of the the pieces reset so all the trains go back to where they were they started so if you quit and you're not near a station where you can grab a train then you have to walk all the way to the nearest station and hope that there's a train there and that it's a train that you have a license to drive. If you have a VR headset, you can just teleport wherever you want to go on the map at any point in time. Um, Seems you just like pull a up bit of an oversight. Yeah, that's one of the biggest complaints for non-VR people is like, hey, if this just dumps me out in the middle of nowhere, I've got to spend 20 minutes walking back to a station because the map is huge because they're trains, right? So... Mm-hmm. You know, in order for it to really feel like you've got area to explore, it's got to be a really big map. So, uh, whenever my kid and I, we, we played it some this afternoon, I showed it to him, and he, of course, thought it was amazing because it was trains. But I didn't discover that until today, and it dropped, spawned me at a, I was at a station, but it only had the steam train, and I don't have the license for the steam train. So, we had to walk for 10 minutes well, actually run. I was holding down Sprint. We had to Sprint for 10 minutes to find a station that had the train that I had the license for. It's also got some pretty big issues, pretty big bugs. Um, so, like, you know, it's called Derail Valley. One of the things is you can, you know, your train can derail. And it can be hilarious, you know, crazy, wacky physics. The train derails. Um, oh, YouTube world. And then it goes crazy. Yeah. So, I okay, before I, I get onto that, I will say that driving the trains is actually pretty, feels pretty solid, pretty realistic. Um, it, it feels chunky and satisfying, if that makes sense. Like, you know, whenever you go to back into a car to couple to it, like, it's okay to smack it a little bit, like, there, but you can't ram it at, like, 20 miles an hour, otherwise you'll crash. Just with that right? Attitude. But you can, you can hit it at a few, you know, three or four miles an hour, and you'll get that nice big thud, and, you know, a, a judder, and you can, you go out, and you hook it up, and you're good to go. So it it feels really satisfying, but whenever it goes off the rails, wink wink, uh, it really can go crazy. But the sensitivity on that is way too high. If you're pulling loaded cars, unloaded cars are fine, but loaded cars, you know, so d- doing deliveries, which is a huge chunk of the game, if you get even a few miles an hour outside of the sort of the speed limit range for a curve or a hill or in the 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 yard your train will just derail and it's it's a known bug um that people are talking about in the forums and the devs are recognizing and they're like oh we're working on it but we've it's like you know down here on the list and the next patch is going to cover these bugs and these things so that can be really frustrating you really have to be careful otherwise you will derail your train and and crash and then it's like well fuck i'm now stranded have to walk to the nearest station and get another train. Um, there's some other bugs and issues too. The terrain can be glitchy at times. The frame rate's not the steadiest. And there's no options menu. Like, you can't go in and change anything. So, it is what it is. Um, I think that's supposed to be in the next, like, beta release. Is an options menu. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's good. That's good. So... It's it's a fun little experience, and I like it a lot in spurts. Um, but and it shows a lot of potential. So as long as the dev doesn't 
drop the game. They keep working on it. They focus on um, putting some of the quality of life features in for the non-VR players. And they work out some of the biggest sort of game-breaking bugs. I think that they've got a winner on their hands here. Um, It's got the whole sort of money thing going on, the potential for business management. Uh, I mean, there are lots of things that you can get beyond just like the next train license and, um, you know, um, some random cosmetic whatevers. Like there's tools you can get uh, that I don't know what they do or if they like help you out in some way. Um, there's the potential for there being multiple trains. Like, like I said, this map is huge, you know, maybe some AI trains or some kind of multiplayer, something like there's a lot of potential here, but right now it's all just like unmolded clay, very, very buggy, unmolded clay. So, so I mean, clay if you, that was left out and, you know, some ants went through and fewer yeah, stuff like that. Personally, I can't recommend you, you buy into the game at this point at 20 bucks. But if this is something that you really like or you're, you know, as much into this stuff as I am, there's something here. There's some potential. Uh, you know, obviously it's a gamble if you buy into the game. If they stop developing it, it, this game is definitely not worth 20 bucks. So honestly, it comes down to more, you know, personally what you're into and, and what you're hoping for. But yeah, I don't recommend this game at 20 bucks unless you're really into the idea of this sort of thing and want to see it be developed further. Um, but in the future, you know, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll check back in every now and then in the future. It may get to that level. I think if they had the main issues fixed with it, I think it would be worth 20 bucks. Like if there was the quality of life features in there for people who don't have VR headsets and particularly the bug where that you have no tolerances on anything and the train just crashes. If you get even slightly out of the, you know, whatever speed limit you're supposed to be within, um, Fixing those two things, I think, would make it make it worth twenty bucks as more of a novelty to a lot of people. But at this stage, like your train crashes because you went just a few miles an hour too fast, you're like trying to slow down, but you didn't slow down fast enough or whatever, and then you're stranded and you've got to walk twenty minutes back to the nearest station. That's just frustrating. So, yeah, that's uh, that's it. A lot of po- a lot of promise. Uh, I hope it continues to be worked on and improved because I think it's they've they've got an idea here. There's no other train game on the market like this because it's not quite a simulator. It's not certainly not something like Transport Fever where you're doing just sort of the business management aspect. So it it could fit a niche that nothing is filling if they keep working at it. So best of luck to you guys. Uh, the other game that I played this week was Subnautica. So Subnautica was the first game given away on the Epic Store. Uh, What was it? End of the year? Or very first of this year? Uh, Something like that. I don't know. I didn't get Uh, it. I don't know. For a while, it was broken and unplayable through the store for everybody. Um, And then it was fixed for NVIDIA users. Which Uh, is not first, right? NVIDIA getting uh, the priority. Yeah. Sarcasm. And then, a- yeah, I know. And then AMD had to actually update their drivers because whatever they, the game, it's two different releases from Steam and on the Epic Store. 
and AMD just went in and updated their drivers. Uh, that was one of the things they put in the more recent driver update was support for the version that's on the Epic Store. So I had to wait for a fucking driver update to play this game. Uh, but oh, sounds like somebody Subnautica. has the grumpy pants on. I'm grumpy about that. Subnautica is actually a very good game. Uh, the premise of Subnautica, if you're unaware, is that you are on a spaceship that crashes on an alien planet that is either entirely ocean or you just happen to land in the middle of the ocean. Um, and you start out in your little escape pod that's floating in some water and you've got basically nothing. And you have to farm sea stuff, you know, collect sea materials to craft and, and work your way up. Um, uh, to D? There. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, there is some story there. I don't want to spoil what there is. There could be a lot more than what I'm aware of at this stage. I'm still fairly early in the game. Um, but, you know, you get things like communications and transmissions from um, others that are out there. Uh, there's like a rescue vessel that you pick up transmissions from. And uh, you've got your little computer lady who's like keeping this log of everything you Cortana? find. And... There's a, yeah, discount Cortana. And there's, uh, it has, like, theories and stuff in there once you research stuff. And, like, they update as you go. Uh, and suggestions for various ideas about the planet and research you can do and stuff like that. But, I mean, I've only played it for about three, three and a half hours total. So, very early in the game. Uh, it's gorgeous, though. Very, very beautiful. Um, all of the bright colors... The various designs for the alien creatures, uh, mostly fish. There's some other stuff you run into, um, but very interesting designs. Very, very beautiful. If you just want to go hang out and you know explore and look around, because um, there's there's safer areas. There's more dangerous areas. I'm sort of sure there's extremely dangerous areas I haven't gotten to yet. But there's a lot to explore and take in. Uh, the, probably the thing I like the most about Subnautica is I. Just, I know this from talking to other people that play it in our community, that the map is has been created, so the map is always the same. Um, so it, that that feels really nice, actually, because I can kind of kind learn. Kind of weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, but I like that. I like a good handcrafted map. So, I mean, I could cheat and go look stuff up. I'm trying not to, but... I do know that if I start a new game, all of the knowledge that I've gained from this this current playthrough that I'm on can be applied to it. Um, the game has got a really excellent subdivision of modes that I wish other games would do. So the standard game is, you know, survival crafting full on. You have to eat, you have to drink, manage your health. Um, when you're underwater, manage your oxygen, that sort of stuff. You die, you lose some stuff, you go back to whatever your last safe spot was for me, that's still my, uh, escape pod, but I know that you can build a base. I think you can get a submarine too. But, uh, then there's a mode that takes out the food and water stuff. So all you have to worry about is not drowning. Uh, well, um, taking or, out the water at Subnautica, that must be, you know, not leave much left. Touche. I see what you did there. Um, but eating food and drinking water, you don't have to do those two things. You just have to make sure you don't drown or get eaten by a big fish or something. Uh, then there's a, just like a fun mode where that you can just explore and 
and get stuff and you don't have to worry about dying at all. And then there's the hardcore mode where they, you know, die once and it's over and everything is worse. I'm playing on the standard mode and the food and eating and drinking is not too terrible. It's not as bad as some games that I've played, but it's not as good as others. Um, Planet Explorers come to mind. I spoke at length about how amazing the system was for making sure you didn't, you know, starve to death. Uh, so, I mean, Subnautica's is not that great. The day-night cycle, you still can really get away with only eating, like, once or twice during a day, but the day-night cycle is much, much shorter. Uh, on the order of, like, 30 minutes or so of real time. So, you're still devoting, at least at the beginning, a decent amount of time to getting food and filtering... Gotta keep the bars uh, up. ...clean water. Yeah. You don't have to worry about your health too much. Um, it very slowly regenerates when you're doing all right and in a safe zone. <coughs> and your sh- uh, escape pod automatically produces um, med kits for you. Uh, you can get, I think, probably about two a day. I haven't actually measured it, but around two a day that it generates for you. So you don't have to worry too much about dying at the beginning as long as you don't accidentally get stuck in a cave and drown. Um, there's lots of stuff you can help you to not drown. You can get upgrades for sort of like your scuba suit or whatever, so you can swim faster. You can create like emergency flotation devices that'll zip you up to the top. But especially in the beginning, you've got like 15 or 20 seconds of air because I guess your guy's just holding his breath. And then once you get your first oxygen tank, you're doing pretty good. And then I've got an upgraded oxygen tank. But anyways, yeah, I mean, the game is a lot of fun. Um... It's very scary, but it's scary in the sense of like, what did you say earlier? Uh, from uh, creating crowbar, another podcast I listened to, uh, they had several episodes where they talked about Subnautica, and uh, one of the toms on there because there's two toms, uh, because yeah, that makes things less confusing, right? Right. Uh, they uh, used the term ocean willies. For looking down into the dark and seeing just big fish moving around. Yeah, so it's that's that's how it's scary. It's not scary it in the sense of like jump scares or really horry stuff. It's just atmospheric. And you know, human beings are Yeah, and human beings are naturally afraid of the ocean. That's not our normal habitat. Like when I say afraid of the ocean, like not just afraid of going to the beach, but you know, being stranded out on the ocean, like what the fuck are you supposed to do, right? And everything could eat you, and you're not going to be able to fight back very well. So there have been several times as I've ventured out a little bit farther from the initial safe zone once I started getting my first equipment upgrades, and it's like, you know, you get the little notification, you're now 100 meters underwater. And it's like I look up, and there's a, this <laughs> giant, I don't know, shark thing above me, okay, and I look I'm down. Say something and that's going to be terrifying for you. This game has a VR mode, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Can you imagine playing uh, this certain, in VR? Certain parts of this would be awesome in VR, and other parts of it I would be shitting my pants. But, yeah, just looking down or looking up, it's like, oh, God. Like, what is that? And I don't know if you can get any weapons. Um, I have seen some things from, like, screenshots and trailers that might be weapons, but I don't have any of them. The only thing I have that could even function as a weapon is, like, a little utility knife. And it does not do very much damage. I've tried fighting off a predator fish with it, and it nearly ate me. Um, and what I did was I used a fire extinguisher that I had 
to give me extra propulsion <laughs> and escape from it because it could swim faster than I could. Okay, I like that. So, so I use my fire extinguisher for extra propulsion. Um, but yeah, the knife is not a very good weapon. Uh, I mean, it, it does damage. You can kill some creatures with it, but it's really not worth it. You're better off to just run away with, with only the utility knife. Or the fire yeah, extinguisher. Yeah. Uh, go full yeah, Wally. I've, <laughs> I've used that for my emergency flotation device for, for a while. Um, I've only drowned once. It was the first time I went below 100 meters. Um, and I was exploring a, a cave. I'm like, ooh, look at all the goodies down here. And then it was like, oxygen warning. And I started swimming up to the top. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to make it. And even with my fire extinguisher, I didn't make it. So when you drown, they're like the screen goes black, and you've got a few seconds, maybe four or five seconds, to get to an air source, which can be either the surface of the water, or you can create um, sort of pipe networks to pump air down that you can use um, without having to go all the way back to the surface. But you've got maybe five seconds to get to, to one of those things. And if you don't, then you wake up, and you're on your ship, and you get a message like, you have died, and you have lost... Some of your inventory. I'm not sure if you can go back and find it. I haven't yet. There was a big scary fish down there. I don't want to go back to where it was. I don't want to get eaten. I was going out looking for something. Um, specific to like a, a message I got. Uh, and I found the thing I was looking for. I'm, I'm going to be kind of vague. Because it is a slightly you know story thing. Mm-hmm. But I found what I was looking for. And there was a fish there. And it was the first time I met a fish that actually attacked me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, look, a fish. It's That's kind of a big... Oh, he looks kind of like a... Sh- oh, God, he's biting me. Oh, oh, Jesus. Like, run away. So I haven't been back to that area either. I have the utility knife now, but I don't think I could kill that, that thing. But, I mean, it's a really, really good game. I really like it. I'm going to play it more. Um, I think you can beat it. I think you can, like, escape the planet. Um, and if that's the case, uh, I'm going to try and beat it. And if not, I'm going to try and make a really cool underwater base and get a, a submarine and something that I can fight fishes with, but it's very enjoyable. Uh, I would recommend it to anyone as long as you don't have a horrendous fear of the ocean runs pretty well too. Um, it's l- I've got it locked to 60 on my machine. Uh, it was running at mid-ish 70s jumping up and down um, because this is one game where I actually cranked the graphics settings up as high as they could or as high as they could go Um, but it it, so I locked it at 60 just to avoid that kind of hitching as it bounced up and down but you know in the the 70s give or take a little bit um, because it is gorgeous but anyways yeah Subnautica two thumbs up good game check it out if you haven't already but that leads uh, to an excellent segue to our first news topic because, uh, as I was mentioning at the beginning, Subnautica being on the Epic Store, <laughs> fucking epic. Oh. Our first news topic, Metro Exodus is an Epic Store exclusive now. Yeah, they, uh, well, uh, they're a frontrunner for the Gilded Bird already this year. Probably should have done it last year, but yeah. 
I, I thought Blizzard's, uh, you know, uh, do you not have phones was a little bit more. And I didn't think they would continue with this trend. But, uh, well, here we are, right? Indeed. So do you want me to go first with my issue? Because it doesn't quite so much have to do with the stores. It's uh, just a fucking stupid epic. So, as I mentioned right off the top, the game didn't work for anybody when they first put it on their store. I don't know what that problem was. But they didn't say, oh, you need to get an AMD driver update. They just said, the issues with Subnautica have been corrected. Uh, all you have to do is verify your install files. It'll download the, the, the patch for you. You'll be fine. So I did that. And that process took forever. Because there's no way to change the order that things are being checked or downloaded in. So I opened it up. Started downloading an update for Fortnite, because I have Fortnite installed. I was like, okay, I'll just pause this and swap it, just like you can do on Steam. No. <laughs> well, that, no, that's, it uh, had that to... very ba- that's basic uh, functionality. It's not going to be on the Epic Store. It took it like two and a half hours to download the Fortnite update and install it. And it wasn't even that big, so I'm guessing there was an issue with their servers or something, because it took... Well, it's a Fortnite update, it was... so it's going to be like, a, well, back in the day when a Team Fortress 2 update, uh, the Steam servers were just slammed, so I imagine it's probably yeah. the same for Fortnite. It was it was like a 4 or a 5 gigabyte download, um, which for me, that shouldn't take two and a half hours. Uh, and then it had to install, and then it verified... Um, Subnautica, which took it another 30 minutes to verify, then download the patch and install it. And, like, I put this game on my SSD because it's not that big. Um, so, it, I mean, it just took for fucking ever. And then it still doesn't work. And so then I'm, like, going hunting the solution. And finally I found, oh, yeah, AMD says it's a driver issue. They're going to put an up, out an updated driver soon that includes a fix for it. And I'm like, well, fuck, I just wasted a lot of time. Hey, but you updated I was... Fortnite. I did. I did. I want to go back and play Fortnite some. See what any of the new the new updated content is for the Save the World mode. Because, fuck, Battle Royale. <laughs> but, I mean, that's my issue. Just their thing is, it's just, there's no basic functionality. Why do they got, I just uh, uh, even to... with free games, I'm not even be- I'm messing with them. Yeah. I mean, that it's says just, something, right? <laughs> I just wanted to. I just want to play Subnautica. That's uh, all I wanted. I mean, they don't even uh, have a community center. Uh, a lot of devs are actually pointing to their Steam communities, which I have to wonder if Valve is going to start cracking down on this because uh, that's uh, kind of the core issue with uh, Metro Exodus is that they had a very protracted time on Steam where they were, you know. Uh, uh, taking pre-orders, you know, and now, well, uh, they just announced that, yeah, it's going to come to Steam in 2020. It's going to have a year-long exclusivity deal on the Epic storefront, and they cut the price by ten bucks. So, yeah, there's a kick in the balls for everybody that pre-ordered. Now they are doing a partial refund for anybody that sticks around on Steam, and anyone that bought on Steam does get a ref or, or get uh, the game. Uh, if they have it refunded already, but uh, you know, with Subnautica having two different, uh, you know, complete different builds, I have to wonder if it's going to be the same for you know other games like this. Yeah, I don't know if it's DLC or a free update or something, but 
when I was looking at the Steam store, there's content that they're advertising on their Steam store that is not on the version that's on Epic. Yeah, and uh, this is, I understand that Valve needs competition, but this is the worst way to do it, you know? Oh, yeah. Definitely, and the fact that uh, some of the people in the comments on TechRaptor are saying, "Oh, I'm glad uh, Valve is uh, you know getting kicked in the wallet." Um, you do realize that we're the ones being kicked, right? Yeah, and even if Valve is losing some money, which I guess you know they would be a little bit, like how? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Is it how much? Is it yeah? Is it really noticeable for them? There's so much stuff on Steam. Like, what's, you know, two or three games going to matter to their overall sales? I do have to wonder if they're going to eventually put in some sort of policy uh, where if you're taking active pre-orders, you can't pull an exclusivity deal. Because this isn't the first game that's done this. This is just the most recent one, and the one that's waited till practically... Right before launch, and this is not a you know just a deal that just suddenly uh, clicked. According to another article, the physical versions of the PC game uh, for or Metro the PC version has Epic Store keys, and they've been printing those for quite a while now. So, yeah, this is not a new thing, you know. Yeah. So in that case, the question is: Did they just hide it from Valve? Sounds like it. From everything, yo, know, everything that I've gathered, you know, they've uh, been working behind the scenes to set this up. Which, uh, if that's true, I do have to wonder. Just yo, know, when is Valve going to step in? When is Gaben going to bring down the mighty hammer? You know, the the holy hammer of banning. Because yeah, you know, this is you know just exploiting Steam. And exploring the features of uh, Steam, which is practically all the features that <laughs> I want on the Epic Game Store to ever even want to consider buying there, you know? Yeah. It's just ridiculous that uh, the one store that is more friendly towards developers is just so anti-consumer. There's a, you know, a certain irony to the situation, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but indeed. I love the rather, uh, yeah, uh, pseudo passive aggressive uh, announcement Valve put out. Later today, sales of Metro Exodus will be discontinued on Steam due to a publisher decision to make the game exclusive on another PC store. The developer and publisher have assured us that all prior sales of the game on Steam will be fulfilled on Steam, and Steam owners will be able to access the game and any future updates or DLC through Steam. We think the decision to remove the game is unfair to Steam customers, especially after a long pre-sale period. We apologize to Steam customers that we uh, were that were expecting it to be available on sale through uh, the February fifteenth release date. We only uh, recently were informed of this decision and given limited time to let everyone know. Valve is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. I'm bummed out about this, actually. I was looking forward to Metro Exodus. I probably wasn't going to buy it, you know, day one. Mm -hmm. I very rarely do that. But, you know, Metro 
is a series that I have enjoyed in the past. Um, and I like the fact that this one is going to be much more focused on, you know, what's out in the world and doing a bit more exploring and things like that. So I've been looking forward to that. And, you know, maybe around summertime or Christmas time, pick it up on Steam, you know, somewhere around 50% off. Well, maybe, now you're looking at uh, but... you know, summertime, Christmas time, 2020. Yeah. Or 2021. And I mean, I'm not... And I'm not going to buy it on the Epic Store if they keep doing shit like this. Like, if the Epic Store was just better, more consumer-friendly, something more like GOG, I, I, I wouldn't have I, a problem with buying it Even if it wasn't more consumer-friendly than uh, uh, Steam. If, and if it had the basic functionality of Steam. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they have right now is friends lists. They've actively said that they do not want to build a community. They actively said that they do not want to have reviews uh, shown. So, why are people defending them? Outside of, you know, uh, Valve is finally getting theirs. And honestly, if I wanted to hear that sort of argument, I'd be reading political news right now. Yeah, be reading a lot more political news. Um, Yeah, I, I just, I hate that mindset. Like, oh, this thing sucks, but it's fucking over another thing that I think deserves it. So, mm-hmm. whatever. Also known as the U.S. political system these days. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I would like to see the Epic Store make some changes. I would like Valve to have more good competition, but this is not good. This is not even okay. This is real bad. It makes me real, real, real unhappy. No, sir, I don't like it. So, I mean, I'll keep taking the free stuff. You know, the free games they put out. I'm not even Why touching not? the free games. I don't even I'm not to, interested. Well, I don't have an account over there, and I don't plan on making one until they make some serious changes. Yeah, I'm not interested in the next one, which is Axiom Verge. February 7th is when that one comes up as the free game. Right, did I read that right? Yeah, February 7th through February 21st, mm-hmm. so... Not interested in Axiom Verge. The last, or they, the, they did uh, Subnautica, and then, what's the other one that they did? Uh, what Remains of Edith Finch. They did that one for the end of January, or for January. Mm-hmm. Maybe Subnautica was December. Edith Finch, January. So, I mean, I'll grab those free games, but, because, I mean, I already have an account. I, I own Fortnite. Save the world. I guess technically the Battle Royale, but that's shit, so. <laughs> Never going to let it go. I'm just going to keep keep on. Keep on it. But yeah, I don't... Do you have more? Um, I don't know if I have any more. really. I mean, this is just you know, a dick move by... Uh, well, uh, it's not even Deep Silver. It's... Uh, uh, and I can't be mad at Deep Silver because they're uh, a uh, innocent in this. It's essentially being upset at an employee for something that the CEO did because yeah. it wasn't even the publisher. It was the rights holder of Metro Exodus that uh, made this call and they've uh, been act or, or deep silver has been actively distancing themselves away from this decision saying, no, no guys, it's not us. We didn't want this. I think they realized that this is going to hurt their sales, but yeah, I imagine Epic threw a lot of money at that, pu- at that uh, rights holder. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm not sure I want to know how much. But 
I bet it was a whole lot. Well, uh, the problem um, is that it went to the rights holder and not the developer, so you know they're going to be starving. But they did chop off ten bucks off the price, you know. So, you know, and that's the that's pretty much the difference between the money that they would have gotten on the Steam store, isn't it? Yeah, that's the other thing is that you know they cut off the price, but yeah, you know, that would have been the extra extra money. Just, I'm just shaking my head. I realize you can't see that, but I'm I'm just shaking my just, head. Just weird. Yeah. So you want to go talk about that thing that we both were like, oh, we're so tired of talking about this. <laughs> EA backs down over loot boxes in Belgium. So a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I'm not exactly sure when. Oh uh, no, it's kind of all blurred of together, hasn't it? Yeah, but Belgium said. Just I'm nutshell, you know, in a nutshelling this. Uh, Belgium said loot boxes are gambling. If you're gonna sell your game here, then no loot boxes. Got to take them out. And EA went, all nuh-uh. the other, yeah, EA went uh uh-uh. uh, and all the other devs had taken, you know, they did it. But then they're like, oh shit, let's watch this. So uh, EA finally relented and uh, is removing the loot boxes in their game. I don't. What was the exact date? Um, um, it's like beginning uh, of February, it, yeah, so uh, it it will go into effect January thirty first. So uh, by the time the podcast is out, this change will already be in effect. Uh, it's coming out Thursday. So basically, they're, they're pulling what Blizzard did in China, and instead of making a basic change in the game uh, to the core functionality of the game, they're removing the ability to buy the currency. Yep. So, but it doesn't look like they're doing a, a, the full Blizzard, where uh, they uh, uh, what Blizzard did in China. Just to highlight that is in Overwatch, you're able to buy the loot boxes directly, but there's no key system in place. It's just you get the loot box and it opens that, that sort of thing. And any duplicates you get, it breaks down into whatever they call the uh, currency to be able to buy uh, individual things uh, or individual cosmetics. Well, when, uh, in China, they flipped it on its head where instead you're buying that currency the you know, to craft the different cosmetics, but they throw in free loot boxes. <laughs> uh, what a scummy maneuver. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. So EA... Um, where is it? So EA stated um, they apologize to players in Belgium for any inconvenience that's <laughs> going to be caused by the change. We seek to bring choice, fairness, value, and fun to our players in all of our games. <laughs> in addition to providing players with options on how we play, we include pack probabilities in our games for transparency. For the transparency, players want to make informed <laughs> content choices. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't keep a straight face on that. No, you're not putting it there for transparency. You're putting it there because you're forced. Mm-hmm. While we're taking this action, we do not agree with Belgian authorities' interpretation of the law. We will continue to seek more clarity on the matter as we go forward. This, and this one is the one that really gets me. The impact of this change to FIFA Ultimate Team in Belgium is not material to our financial performance. That's the biggest thing that frustrates me. Out of all of this whole thing, they're like, we hear both extremes from them. We hear, well, you know, games just, they cost way more than $60, really, like all of this, just so that we can afford to keep making games, and then they take it out, and it's like, ah, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
It's fine. We don't need it. It's like, fuck you guys. Which one is it? Which, I mean, we I, we, we all know the real answer, mm-hmm. which is they're greedy fuckers, and they want to bring every last single dime out of every person who is willing to, you know, open up their wallets to them. My whole My whole thing is, you know, if you can't run your business on the product that you're selling, then you either need to change your product or get out of the business. No, uh, we just need to add more uh, product, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, they're not they're not changing the game, so it's people are going to find out, well, I'm sure people are aware, but it's going to become painfully obvious how much loot boxes and microtransactions affect gameplay because they're not change they're not rebalancing the game. So now it's going to be much more apparent to everybody how grindy it is. I can't wait to hear or see all kinds of stuff on social media and news stories and, you know, people complaining that the game's too grindy and, oh, I didn't realize that they had adjusted the way that the game played to encourage people to spend money on microtransactions and loot boxes. And I get it. Like, not everybody notices stuff like that because, they, you know, they have more money or more time or whatever. Or maybe they just don't give a shit until it's, you know, confronted them. But I'm sure it'll happen. Be interesting to see how that develops. Uh, ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this whole thing is a mess. I right, And, it, uh, and it this is in like... a, a niche of the gaming market to begin with because this deals with sports games. Yeah. It looks like they just caved. I'm sure that there was a lot more going on before they finally decided to well, actually I didn't know Nancy Pelosi was in, involved in this. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. So I'm wondering what sort of pressure was being put on them legally. Like, that's the only thing that comes to mind. Like, Belgium had a, you know, um, well, a critical enough threat or a big enough, or you know, big enough repercussions they that for, they could or, leverage. Or they were facing enough funds that... Uh, the return just wasn't worth it anymore. Because that's yeah. the other thing. Is that, yeah, we we think, uh, you know, uh, that's just the sports titles, but the, the sports titles are actually where they get a, a good chunk of their microtransactions. And something I didn't even realize at first, just how insane it is over there with uh, so many whales. So maybe the uh, whale in Belgium moved, you know? Had one too many waffles, had to get out. <laughs> Oh, is that terrible of me? Maybe a little bit, but it was still funny. So, you know, we can both go to hell for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the that's the thing about these microtransactions is that the uh, plankton, as I, as I refer to it, instead of you know, minnows, because you know you're feeding the whales. Uh. Yeah, they're des- uh, the microtransactions designed not for you, ironically enough, even though t- they talk about how, you know, in order to uh, fund the game or to fund all the uh, extra stuff or to run the servers, uh, you know, everybody has to buy into the microtransactions, but they're not designed about around everybody paying in a little bit, you know, chipping in, you know, a, a buck or two. And the system is designed around the dolphins and the whales, you know, the big spenders. It just feels like it's so damn exploitative that I just cannot support it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I agree. It is ridiculous. It makes me wonder just how long until we 
start seeing some major studies about you know uh, the addictive spending in these games uh that's a good question i'll be sure and keep an eye out for that i occasionally browse through like you know research and psychological journals and stuff so if i see anything i'll be sure and bring it up uh because that has to be a a, a study in the making you know uh, not the addictiveness of the game itself or the uh, loot box mechanics which are uh, specifically designed to trigger you know all the uh, gambling uh, centers uh, all the uh, risk taking and all the reward centers but you know just the psychology of buying in and uh, just that massive sunk cost fallacy with these whales that spend thousands of dollars yeah well there was one article that uh, didn't make the docket where there was one guy basically uh, changing the course of the lore and star system because he's spending so much money you know, having massive uh, battles, uh, PvP battles. Which that sounds very much like EVE Online. Mm-hmm. Very, a little too close for comfort. <laughs> I've still never played Star Citizen. It still doesn't work on my on my computer. Actually, I don't know if that's true or not. It's been like eight months since I've tested it. I've been round and round and round with support trying to fix that issue. And every time I think about it, it just makes me angry. Well, have you tried giving them more money? No. And I'm not going to. Ever again? No. Never. I'll take that money and I'll spend it in Elite Dangerous on something. (laughs) That's a game I've spent too much money on cosmetics in. But I mean, there's no loot boxes or anything like that. Yeah. If you're going to do, if you're going to do microtransactions or whatever, that's the best way to do them. Just put the shit up and let people buy it, uh, buy exactly what they want. Uh, that's how Warframe does it. Even though they use the, uh, well, uh, the bullshit uh, currency conversion. Uh, the yeah. fact that the, the currency is tradable, though, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's a but, that's I mean, a big elite- difference. In Elite, there's no premium currency. It's just, hey, you want those cool cosmetic things? All right. That's, you know, five bucks or whatever. I still think microtransactions are too expensive to be micro. Yeah. I mean, there are individual things you can buy for Elite that are really expensive, but most of the stuff just comes in packs, and it's like, hey, do you want to buy the the pack of colors for X ship? Awesome. That's five bucks, and you'll get all the color packs or you know whatever it is that you're you're going for and some of it's broken down individually so it's like hey if you don't want to pack you know if you bought all of the things individually it would be more expensive but if you just want one color mm-hmm. like i picked was it purple engine color and i paid 99 cents for that cuz that was the only color i wanted yeah um... the color pack i think was 5 bucks is like 10 or 12 colors or something. I'm not sure what the palette costs are in uh, Warframe. I think they're very cheap. Yeah. Or at least they used to be. Yeah, they uh, they are. And the thing is that they're usable across everything that's colorable. Yeah. So it's not, you know, an individual ship. I think they're 75 plat, which is, you know, like 75 cents or less than a dollar. If memory serves correctly. Uh, yeah. Very cheap. But, you know, once again, you know, you just get it just by trading. So. Yeah. And they also have uh, 
uh, pallets that show up that are credits only, which is the free currency. That require just a little bit of grinding to get. Yo, get, yo, get that hit on, you know? Uh, yo, the first hit's free, kids. First, yeah, first one's free. Um, uh, yeah. Speaking of something that's definitely not free anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm off from the topic list. If you've got it, go for it. Uh, well, I was going to say the free-to-play uh, game, uh, Westworld, is no more because it's no longer free. It's dead. So, uh, Westworld, uh, those who may remember a while back, uh, Bethesda was suing uh, the developer of both uh, Fallout Shelter and the Westworld game uh, for, uh, was it tra- uh, copyright infringement for uh, uh, Fallout Shelter? I-, I can't remember if it was copyright or, uh, tr- or uh, trademark infringement. Uh, I think it was trademark because they were saying that like the game systems were too similar. No, 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 no. It wasn't too similar. They were the same. What happened was the developer, uh, which is this is just a weird story to begin with. All right. So both uh, Warner Brothers and Bethesda farmed out their mobile title to a third party. Not unusual. And uh, Bethesda did this first, and they farmed it out to, and I'm going to have to scroll through the article here to find out uh, who it is. Uh, and, of course, it's not in the first paragraph, because that would be useful, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, that would be uh, helpful uh, go, go find it uh, while I'm uh, doing this. Uh, but they uh, farmed out to a mobile-focused de- uh, developer uh, to develop Fallout t- Shelter. Fallout Shelter comes out. And uh, something in their contract made it so that the code itself, the individual systems, uh, is actually property of Bethesda, which is just an odd thing. It's not unheard of, but it's just usually when these systems are developed, they become tools for that developer to continue iterating on. And you, you know, Bethesda's really good at this, right? <laughs> because, you know, their core... Uh, system their core engine has been iterated on for what 20 years now yeah so along comes uh, warner brothers uh to and you're still looking for this aren't you it's behavior interactive behavior interactive well yeah i just found it oh i, I must have just skipped over it because yeah behavior interactive. it's not in the article oh, i know no, no it's actually it. in the first uh, paragraph i just skipped over it oh well <laughs> Sweet. Uh, uh, well, Behavior Interactive is just a weird uh, name, so I just skipped over it, I guess. But anyway, Behavior Interactive yeah. was then contacted by Warner Brothers to uh, develop a Fallout Shelter-like game for the, the TV show Westworld, or the HBO uh, uh, show Westworld. And they used the code that they developed for Fallout Shelter. And Bethesda saw this and started seeing the same bugs that were in the original release of Fallout Shelter and thought, that looks familiar. And uh, sued because they own that code or own the rights to use it, I guess. And it makes me wonder just what type of contract did they have that uh, yeah allowed that? But oh, oh well, I guess the damage was done too greatly to Westworld and has been, you know, it's being shelved. I mean, it's just, uh, just an odd sequence of events in this. And it's one of those times that, 
boy, that uh, game's just a copy paste of uh, uh, Fallout Shelter. Well, turns out it was. <laughs> yeah, I never played it. I was never a big fan of. Well, I've never really gotten into Westworld. Never watched it. Um, yeah, I've I watched an episode and I was like, oh, this is good. I should watch this, and then I never did. So I've never really gotten into it. And he, honestly, even if I had, I probably wouldn't have gotten into the the mobile game for it. Honestly, I can't even get into Fallout Shelter, let alone a, you know, a game for a TV show that I had never even seen. I was uh, you know, aware of it, somewhat. But that was about it. It's going to be shutting down in April, so if you're really thirsty to uh, yeah, experience Westworld, well, you still got a little bit of time. But yeah, uh, uh, these games are typically designed to you know, be protracted uh, experiences, so you know, how much are you really going to experience, right? And also, you know, they're not developing it. Yeah, so it'll just be riding out its time and then been done. I mean, it's just... <laughs> this was just a strange story. And also, I wonder if it was copy and paste or if it was uh, more the developers had a particular way of doing certain things in the game. Because these are, yeah, you know, practically this. Uh, well, it's the same genre. It's the same you know, essential game uh, uh, underneath the skin. Uh, part of me wonders, you know, just how much of that is just the developers having a certain way of doing things that the contract was rather strict on, or if it was just a straight yeah. copy paste. I don't know which one it was. I mean, I I could see them basically copy pasting the code underneath running the game and then just changing the art assets uh art assets they're like oh yeah we, we can flip this nobody will notice bethesda but, does you know i don't want to yeah but i don't want to you know assign malicious intent to it you know it could have been an accident maybe they were copying sections of it because it's like well i mean we can just reuse this bit of the code That'll save us, you know, development time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they just happen to get, you know, the f- enough things that it breached the contract or could have been a fine, fine print situation and, you know, they just missed it. I don't know. I don't know how much legalese went into this particular contract. So I don't want to assign malicious intent or, mm-hmm. you know, like if they knew what they were doing was bad and they thought they could get away with it, like. But, you know, it could have easily been that. Just as easily as it could have been a mistake or, you know, a misunderstanding that they've, you know, wound up fucking them over. So. It's just such a weird situation. But also funny that, you know, Bethesda recognized a bug. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't fix it. They're not fixing it. Uh, No, just uh, wait for the community to fix it, right? Yeah. <laughs> or just sue somebody. Or get sued. Lots. Just lots of suing. Uh, well, uh, uh, suing kind of re- uh, rhymes with sewing. <laughs> sort of. Uh, Farming Simulator League is a real esports venture with a $250,000 prize pool. Or is that 250000 euros? Uh, euro. $250,000 euro prize pool. So, we just thought this was interesting and neat. Um, yeah, which uh, each euro first, is uh, $1.14 right now. 
So initially we were both kind of like, well, this is odd. But after thinking about it, it makes sense. I mean, in real life, there are all kinds of farm- farming competitions and, um, you know, some of them. Yeah, I think it just seems odd because they didn't detail it. Yeah, it just says that there is going to be one, you know, basically. But in the game, though, I mean, basically, when you break it down to its gameplay elements, you're trying to maximize whatever your crops need to produce the best yield. And that comes down to, you know, water, sunlight, fertilizer, pesticide, rotation, maybe having some farm animals as well to help create, you know, some sort of environment or something that can help best your, you know, your crops grow. So there's a lot of min-maxing and efficiency in there. Lots of room for people to do things like make mistakes and, um, you know, a, a competitive esports scene could could be a thing, like... You know, it's not as far-fetched after you think about it for a minute. But, yeah, that initial response is like, huh? What? Yeah, it's just... Why uh, are we having esports for this now? It's just an title for an esports scene. Yeah. But at the same time, pretty neat, too. Um, I've, I've been to a few uh, county fair, you know, farming competition results, you know, growing crops, or I've seen, like... Uh, skilled or technical tractor driving and things like that have like sections of field and you know give everybody the same tractor and uh bush hog or you know some other type of mowing implement and do like time you know time them and see how clean they were and accurate Mm -hmm. like i've seen some of that stuff because you know i grew up in the middle of fucking nowhere in you know the backwoods of tennessee so i've been to some of these they're kind of boring to me, but <laughs> lots of people like them. So who a lot of people judge? with cowboy hats on. Yeah, cowboy hats, assless chaps, overalls. Actually, lots of overalls. Lots and lots of old men in overalls. I used to hate overalls, but now that I'm getting a little bit older, they're like really comfy and convenient. <laughs> and there's lots of pockets. It's like overalls are looking more attractive to me all the time. Yeah, but you have to get a lot uh, stronger southern accent to really appreciate them. <laughs> yeah. Howdy, y'all. Uh, now you need to drop your IQ by about 50 points. Uh, Make America great again. No, you've gone too far. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that we uh, we're kind of off the rails, but mm, what else is new, right? Bless, bless your heart. I do declare. That's like that, that's, that's Southern Belle. Yeah, I'm not a Southern Belle. I'm not pretty enough to be a Southern Belle. Yeah, this was just a quick little thing. I don't think there's yeah. really much yeah, more to just, say uh, until we get some so more information. Strange, but yeah. Hmm, uh, uh, that's a thing. I mean, uh, to be fair, it's a lot better than, you know, uh, some of the other stories that we have uh, coming up. But we have something interesting, at least, uh, unless I have my things opened in the wrong order again. No, they're in the right okay. order now. Um, oh, God. Avast is, like, beeping at me. Threat secured. I don't know what threat there was. Anyways. Uh, 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 well, you pissed off the uh, far right, so, you know, uh, bomb. 
I guess so. Um, it's an email bomb. Is this specifically for the United States? I said U.S. in the opening. Or is this worldwide? I believe it's U.S. Or actually, maybe not. Uh, uh, 2018 was another record-setting year for the U.S. In the gaming industry. So this is U.S., it uh, looks like. Okie dokie. So, uh, the U.S. spent over $43 billion on video games last year. Uh, that is the news article title. Uh, and yeah, this is only tracking physical sales. Uh, it's tracking games and... Well, it says hardware and software, so it would be game sales, console sales, potentially peripheral sales. It doesn't say um, specifically unless I'm missing it. But yeah, that's a lot of money spent on games and gaming and only the physical stuff. I can imagine that the digital sales um depending on how wide you want to go so if you want to say pc and console gaming Mm -hmm. versus including mobile gaming in that those would probably be two vastly different uh dollar figures but i would imagine that digital sales would be at least you know half again as much maybe more you know matching that 43.4 billion figure Mm -hmm. um i mean you know, I I buy all of my games exclusively digitally. I know plenty of people who do. The PC market is huge, uh, and there's very very little physical hardware hardware sales or physical software sales in the PC market anymore. Um, and even lots of of console sales. I mean, the few games I have gotten on console in the last couple of years have been exclusively digital. I don't I don't buy any physical copies of anything anymore. You know, there's pros and cons to that, but generally, it's it's quicker, it's easier, more convenient. I don't have to store hundreds of games, so I I can imagine that the the digital sales are still really huge. But I mean, that's a fuck ton of money. Oh yeah. Um, they weren't joking when they said that the game industry is the biggest uh, uh, entertainment industry in the world. Yeah. Uh, according to the article, and, Nintendo is the actual real winner this year. Even though they didn't have a number one, uh, Super Smash Brothers being number five, uh, along with a few other good sellers, Mario Kart being number 12, for example. Mario Party, number 19. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, that's Nintendo exclusive. That's number 20. A Zelda, 18. Yeah, so, you know, they definitely are up there. But let's just, uh, should we just go down the list? Yeah, the top 20 selling games list. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so this is, again, physical sales only. But these are the top uh, should we 20, go from 20 selling to one, games. Uh, since we uh, mentioned some of the uh, lower numbers. Sure, let's do that. Uh, so, uh, number 20. Yeah, number 20 Pokemon was, uh, Let's yeah. Go Pikachu. Uh, not a surprise. Um, I, I imagine next year when, uh, or I should say this year, when the mainline... Uh, Pokemon comes out. I think it's this year, at least. I think it is. Too. Uh, and it's going to be one for Switch. And, yeah, it's going to be the first one for a essentially a home console. Even though the Switch kind of blurs the line there, that's going to be a massive seller. Yeah, and then Super Mario Party, you know, number nineteen. There's another one for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, also known as well. You know, you have too many friends. Let's get rid of some. The fuck over your friends simulator. I enjoy the Mario 
Mario, the Mario Party franchise. I haven't played an entry in what was the last one I played? Mario Party Four. Yeah, probably Mario Party Four. But I mean, I've enjoyed the franchise yeah, and, in the past. And once you got rid of all your friends, you could uh, sit around and play Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, that's number eighteen. Uh, uh, which, I'm not really uh, interested. Well, well, the thing is, when the Switch came out, that was the game because that was one of the few. Uh, first party big games that was available at launch or near launch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the the big launch title. Although it's straddling two consoles because you can get Breath of the Wild for Wii U. Yeah, but the thing is that this isn't uh, yeah uh, talking about just sales on the uh, on the Switch. So yeah, so that may actually help it than hinder it. So Nintendo has the bottom three slots. Yeah, and then a couple more. On their way up. Uh, but number 17, the first not Nintendo game. Dragon Ball Fighters with with Z. Yeah, uh, almost like um, there's some was, sort that's of actually Z su- in, uh, yeah, in a lot of Dragon Ball stuff. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise to mm-hmm. me. I mean, Dragon Ball has always felt like much more niche, but uh, not maybe it's re- breaking not, out of that. Not really. I mean, uh, Dragon Ball is one of the big shonen titles. One of the big, you know, uh, uh, anime titles for... Uh, uh, teenage boys to young men uh, and it's perpetually uh, being redone and uh, re-released uh, there was a new series uh, it wasn't this season it was only just a couple seasons ago that was uh, a redo of a lot of older stuff where they cut down some of the, uh, of the major filler so yeah Dragon Ball is one of those uh, series that is out there but it's constantly in the limelight so it's not actually a surprise to me they've got a new movie that's actually in theaters uh, uh, well was not sure if they had a new movie out or not but yo uh, dragon ball has such so much uh, media out there and i imagine that yeah uh, the fact that this was also a 2d fighting game is probably also helping it because there are yeah. some just horrible dragon ball games as well um, so yeah. not really a surprise to me. Uh, maybe a surprise that it's this. Uh, well, if th- if this is U.S. only, it's not a surprise that it's this low on the list. If it's not U.S. only, it's a surprise that's this low on the list. Anyway, moving on. Yep, number sixteen, Call of Duty World War Two. A little surprising that it's Ooh. this low uh, with a Call of Duty game. Ooh, lots of people disliked it. Bad single player. Loot boxes, microtransaction, mess, weird, convoluted multiplayer system with that, like, third-person lobby thing mm-hmm. they did. Hey, but you could open loot boxes in it. Yep. Show them off in front of everybody. Uh, uh, number 15, back to another Nintendo title, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, uh, this one was just so praised uh, for, uh, yeah, Mario games are typically, yo. Know, pretty well received but this one was just almost universally loved uh, yeah. they threw a lot of really different things into it they mixed in some of the more 2d old school elements they had a lot of different collectibles they threw in a lot of different uh, uh storylines actually which is a little uh strange for a mario game because usually it's pretty bare bones but uh they uh, they went all out on this one and it really paid off for them it seems yeah. I mean, it's the first Mario game I've been interested in since Super Mario Sunshine. 
So, I mean, I don't, I don't have a Switch. If I get a Switch, I'll probably pick it up. But, you know, probably not this year. Um, so next on the list, uh, number 14, Battlefield 5. Another, you know, the, the, one of the big shooter franchises mm-hmm. was horrendously panned this year. Yeah, but still outdid Mario, so that says something. Yeah. Um, I'm not as familiar with everything that went wrong with Battlefield 5. I've always been more of a Call of Duty uh, guy. Than wasn't there a, a lot of guy, uh, but... virtue signaling around it, especially uh, with a handicapped woman on being on the front lines? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of people that went after it um, with the... Let's see, they, like, created all of these false World War II stories and people went after them, like, look... If you want to tell stories about women and people of color and things like that in World War II, like, you don't have to make shit up. Just go to history and pull from history. Like, there was a... I can't remember her name, but there's a Russian lady from that time period who the Nazis killed her Oh, yeah, that was all over Reddit went, like, the last month or so. She, uh, she yeah, sold and she everything and, and bought a tank. <laughs> yep, and went and fucked up Nazis. Like, tell that woman's story. Or the, the the sniper who was also a Russian, mm-hmm. uh, the most decorated sniper was a female Russian in World War Two. Or uh, tell or, her, tell uh, her story. Even though it's been told a lot of time, the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah, do something with that. Or some of the the real all black regiments that existed in World War Two. Tell those stories. Don't don't make shit up. But now I'm now I'm getting preachy. <laughs> But, I mean, that was one of the big issues that people had with the game. There was also some balance issues a whole bunch of people lost their shit over that I don't quite understand. Like, people really complaining about, like, the time to kill or the time to time to death or something. And then there were, like, real death threats and it became a whole thing. And I don't I don't understand that. But um, there was some It's a silly place. On. Let's not go there. And then issues with microtransactions and loot boxes and all that jazz. Of course. But yeah, let's go somewhere else. Speaking of loot boxes, number 13 on the list, FIFA 19. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just move on. <laughs> number 12, another Nintendo game, Mario Kart 8. Yeah, it's a little uh, interesting that Mario Kart outsold uh, Mario uh, Super Mario Odyssey by this amount. Yeah. I mean, it, Mario Kart's awesome. True, and it is a big multiplayer game. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, I mean, we have a Wii U. You know, so a little bit farther back on the Nintendo consoles, but like the games that we own are Mario Kart Seven mm-hmm. or which whichever Mario Kart game is on the Wii U. We've got that one, and we've got the Smash Brothers that is on Wii U, and then the stuff that came with the console. That's it. Those are the only games we have. So I mean, that makes sense to me because mm-hmm. that's what we play when our you know our friends that live in the area come over. It's like, hey, you want to have some game night? Want to play some video games? Like, they don't want to go play games on Xbox. They don't want to do PC stuff. It's like, yeah, let's play Mario Kart because, you know, those are the games that, you know, more casual gamers play lots of times. Stuff like that. So that makes sense to me. Anyways. Uh, Number 11, Grand Theft Auto (laughs) 5. Still hanging in there, huh? Yeah. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is going to... It's going to be the no, new Skyrim, it won't ever, isn't 
I was I was gonna say it's gonna be the new Skyrim, but it won't quite ever hit Skyrim's thing unless it starts making new versions to sell all over uh, the either place. Either that or yeah, open it up uh, a lot more to modders, but that uh, cuts into the shark cards. Yeah. Number ten. Uh, number ten. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Little surprising that it's this high because wasn't there a lot of uh, controversy around this one? Um, there was some. Most of what I heard about Odyssey, though was that, you know, you loved it or you hate it, and most people seemed to love it. So, I don't know. It was generally received better than Origins, which was the previous one, and that one was pretty well liked I'm sorry, overall. but one of the podcasts uh, just kind of ruined me on Assassin's Creed Origins because uh, because of the accent. Uh, it always yeah. sounded like he was saying Assassin's Creed Oranges. <laughs> Oh, that's good. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's one of those uh, yeah, little mental ticks, right? Right. So number nine, I'm happy to see, Monster Hunter World. Uh, great game. Yeah, surprising that it's I this high, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised it's this high. Maybe even a little surprised it's on the list at all. Like, Monster Hunter is definitely a fairly niche title. Yeah, but this is also the that... first time it's been released in the West on a console for, or, or console and PC for ages, isn't it? Yeah, it was on, I think the last one, or the last one that came out in the U.S. on something that wasn't a handheld was uh, Monster Hunter 3, which would have been, like, early 2010s. You know, like 2012, 2013, maybe somewhere in there. So it's been it's been a good four or five years, give or take. Yeah, and this so, is the first time it's been on PC, hasn't it? Yeah, this is the first time it's ever been on PC, I believe. There might have been one PC release that was uh, in Asian markets only, but I mean, this is the first time it's ever been on PC in the West. And let's see, number eight is Dad of War. Oh, sorry, God of War, 2018. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not really a surprise there with just how much uh, uh, acclaim that game got. Yeah, I've heard pretty much nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the only uh, people that I've heard complain about it is the uh, the is that they changed the systems that it's uh, more of an uh, ARPG than it was uh, a hack and slash uh, uh, game like the previous God of War games. Which, yeah, that's fair. I can understand, you know, being upset over that. Because that is a pretty big switch. But, yeah. you know, it seems like they did really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, next on the list. This one is surprising to me as well. Far Cry 5. Just because of the, the controversy? The only thing that makes sense. Yeah, maybe. Also, Far Cry is a huge series. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that, like, Sort of the weight of the property carries it for a while. Because I've heard, you know, mostly, aside from the controversy, Far Cry 5 is basically just a pretty okay game. Like, nothing special to write home about. Yeah, I just... I I realize it's not set where I live, but it hits a little too close to home for me to ever want to play that. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the exact reason why I want to play it. Because of how close to home it hits for me. You know, I know it's, again, you know, it's set in, what is it, Montana Montana. or Wyoming or something. But, you know, they play up a lot of the sort of redneck aspects of it, which are, you know, very similar to where I live. 
and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, next on the list, though, uh, num- at number six, Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, does Spider-Man count as a redneck? <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, well, I guess it depends on the costume. costume. Yeah. But the uh, the Spider-Man did quite well this year. Um, not surprised to see it on here. I mean, it's probably about where I'd, I'd put it. Like yeah, especially guessing. since it's a console exclusive. Or a yeah. single console exclusive, I should say. Uh, I mean, that, that's uh, Spider-Man was also another one that was pretty much just universally loved. And uh, the yeah. only criticism I really heard was either nitpicking or there was a couple people upset about uh, some of the four cell sections, which I could get. Yeah. Uh, number five, this is the last Nintendo game on the list. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which, is that the one that, on, is that the Switch one? Um, it's gotta be, right? I think so. Uh, this is the one that they, uh, you know, did the big trailer for, and it just, uh, they pretty much could have said all the uh, previous uh, characters, but they listed off every single one, and yeah, this is the Switch one. Which, that's, to me, this is crazy. Because it released, uh, what, November? December? Like, at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm not surprised that it sold a bunch of copies, but that it sold enough to put it in the number five spot. It released December 7th. Yeah. It's been out for just under two months now. It'll be two months uh, a week from Thursday. That is absurd. So yeah, I'm not surprised that it sold a bunch of of, ty- of of copies. I am surprised at how many it sold so fast to put it at number five on this list. Um, yeah, number four though, uh, Madden 2019 or Madden 19 uh, sports, sports ball, football, American football. Uh, <laughs> Number three, <laughs> NBA 2K19 sports uh, uh, basketball. Uh, 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 this is uh, the one with the different bell. Yeah, it's, it's the round one that's orange. It's got the black stripes on it, little dimples. Uh, of course you would be paying attention to it being dimpled. Wink. Uh, yeah, sports, whatever. Uh, number two, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Probably uh, bolstered a lot by the fact that this one has the Battle Royale mode. Yeah, they cut down a lot in this game. Battle Royale mode, and also probably because the Black Ops series has been the best one for a long time now. I'm really sad that it doesn't have a single player campaign because this the Black Ops, the original Black Ops single player campaign is probably the best Call of Duty campaign and a genuinely just good story. Um, it hits on a lot of. A lot of interesting things, fun things that are, have been played up in films in the past. You, you know, it deals with some stuff in Vietnam. Um, the soundtrack is perfect for that era that they put together. So it just like pushes a bunch of really good buttons. But all of the Black Ops campaigns have been better than all of the other Call of Duty campaigns. Um, which I think the farther on you get, sort of the lower that bar gets, which is sad because they really focus more towards the multiplayer portion of the game, mm-hmm. which to me has never been the attractive part of Call of Duty. But again, I'm in the minority on that one. So fuck me, right? Yeah. Speaking of the minority. Yeah. The number one game, Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2. No, you're going to have to say that a little louder. You, you kind of mumbled it. 
The number one game, Red Dead fucking Redemption bullshit too. Ooh, somebody's got the angry pants on. I like it. I just don't I just don't like this game. <laughs> I've I've talked about it every time I talk about it. It just is such a waste of time and there's so much <laughs> stupid shit in it. And they treated the people who made the game so poorly. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm in a super minority on that one. And I'm not saying what I'm saying to be hyperbolic or stir up some shit. I genuinely despise and loathe this game. And I didn't talk about the spoiler thing that makes it even worse that I found out about in the game. But there's that thing. And if you've played it or if you know what I'm talking about, you know why that would make me even more mad. (laughs) Because it wastes even more of your time. I just don't like it. I don't like it. No, sir. Not one bit. I shan't be playing it if if and when it comes to PC. Just going to leave that one unpurchased. I sort of like me with the, the latest few Bethesda games. Yeah. Even if someone gave it to me, I wouldn't play it. Oof. I'd let my, my idler run it if it was on Steam, and then that would be it. And then you wouldn't even sell the cards, right? So they wouldn't get that that money. I'd somehow find a way to burn the cards <laughs> on Steam. Well, there are bots that uh, ex- uh, basically just collect trash. Well, then I'll send them to those bots. Have this trash. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the top uh, 20 selling games. Yeah, we successfully padded the show a little bit. We did indeed. Um, I need to get up and stretch for the, uh, for a moment, though. So sure. So this seems like a good time for take- the elevator. You can take a quick break. Indeed, Facebook knowingly duped game-playing kids and their parents out of money. Yeah, this is a long, long article and story, actually, because this is coming out of papers that were unsealed due to a class action lawsuit. Yep. And who guessed it? Uh, Facebook is evil. Huh? Oh no. Who, who knew? All of us. I think we all knew. Uh, Sorry. I keep hearing uh, discord going off in the background and it's distracting me. No worries, my friend. So, going all the way back to at least 2011, uh, Facebook has had a strategy that they have dubbed friendly fraud. The, the fact that that in an term effort- exists, I, I mean, that's up there with, like, fake news and the truth is not the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, but they have done this in an effort, and I'm just going to quote the article, in an effort to maximize revenue according to a document detailing the company's game strategy. Um in essence, they were saving people's credit card information without telling them um, and not requiring any sort of password or PIN or anything to purchase items in games. So kids, you know, not knowing and parents not realizing, even parents who I think would you know normally have an interest in this thing, like in during this time... Uh, the early 2010s for the first, I don't know, maybe up to 2013 or 2014. Um, I mean, the internet wasn't exactly a Wild West anymore, 
but a lot of this stuff was new um new to I, I would say main more mainstream people i mean you know flash games and the like and things like that has had always existed online but you know older parents who didn't have as much experience would have no idea it's like oh hey this facebook thing has got games on it my kids can play that's neat and they just wouldn't realize and kids being kids either not knowing not realizing well, some of these games were d- designed not to make it apparent that it was real money that's the other yeah, thing that's that's also in the, in the part of it that they would deliberately hide it which is just scummy as hell guess it is um yeah i mean god facebook fuck facebook i haven't really participated or cared about facebook in many years um the only reason i have one i'm pretty sure i've said this on the show before is just so that whenever my family's like hey check out these pictures of you know x or y thing they're on facebook i'll log on to facebook and i'll go look and that's about it Uh, occasionally i'll have a chat with somebody that you know reconnect with with someone mm-hmm. an old friend or yeah that's whatever uh, been via pretty facebook. much the only reason why i've been on facebook lately is that i've I had like a cascade of people finding me <laughs> through friend of a friend so i've talked to some yeah. people that i haven't talked to since i was in high school you know back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth <laughs> yeah but i mean generally i avoid facebook because of stuff like this and also other reasons like i don't give a shit about you know, seeing everyone's racist, sexist, hard, you know, hard right yeah. beliefs, which is what most of my Facebook winds up being filled up with because I live in the South and yeah, I know, te- talked about I'm it more than once. in the South and there's some people that I really respected and I saw their Facebook feed. Like, uh, you know, there's uh, people talking about how, you know, Trump is a... Uh, uh, saving America because he's uh, putting the Bible back in school. I'm just thinking, oh, really? I just, yeah. So I try to avoid it. I just try, try to get on there for the messenger because there's some people that insist on using that uh, exclusively for some reason. Yeah. But, so, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. There have been a few lawsuits throughout the years. Um, the article goes into a couple of them where, you know, really huge amounts or, you know, circumstances would, would come up. Like, you know, a parent would realize what was going on and they'd sue Facebook. Um, but that's been kept under wraps for a long time. You know, the legal proceedings aren't required to be public uh, until it became a class action lawsuit more recently. Um, due to the massive amount of chargebacks that they were having. Um, It says somewhere in this article, somewhere around a half a percent, so 0.5% of, you know, purchases are uh, refunded via chargebacks to be considered normal. 1% is a little high, and uh, credit card companies, uh, the big ones like Visa, MasterCard, will warn um, businesses like, hey, this is a little high, you know, you should probably watch that. And if it consistently goes over that, they will hit them with penalties and things. Um, Facebook's was averaging around 9%. Which is just absurd. Yeah. So they're well within the area for to be looked at for fraud uh, or fraudulent business practices. Gee, I, I wonder if they found anything. Yeah, I wonder. So... I mean, it's 
Facebook's a mess, and it's even a worse mess now. The thing that gets me is just deliberately targeting children. Like, fuck you guys. A a lot of things, you know, that that come up in the gaming industry and other industries are all like, oh, we have to save the children. And that sort of rhetoric oftentimes I find to be disingenuous. Mm -hmm. But a company actively targeting children, just, just fuck you. Right? Yeah. Just, just fuck them. I don't know. Uh, seeing Zuckerberg, you know, it's, uh, he has about the emotion of data. You know, the way I feel about this is it's like getting real close between him and Ajit Pai, who I want to punch more. <laughs> like if given the opportunity, which one of them would I punch? It's, it's pretty close. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, just seeing, uh, some of the, uh, things that he's uh got said in the uh, his hearings in front of the supreme yeah. court it's just or congress mm-hmm. or the whoever oh it's just yeah uh, <laughs> and the fact that they had to uh, give a him a guy. booster seat as well was hilarious though he's a small man mm-hmm. yeah and he's also short <laughs> and an asshole yeah, don't forget that one. So I don't, I don't really know how much more there is to really discuss. Just like you were, you know, we were bringing this up and we're like, I mean, this is this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of in this stage where it's like, obviously, everything about this is shitty and he's shitty. And there's no really like devil's advocate to play. Yeah, the fact so, that they uh, went in and tried to fix it and... Uh, they actively fought the fix because it was cutting into revenue too much. If uh, here's the thing, here's the thing is that if fixing it so children don't accidentally spend their parents' money, and you're getting a nine percent chargeback rate, and it was such a negative impact that you were fighting it, there's something wrong with how you do business. Especially considering Facebook is like the ultimate. Uh, data center to sell personal data or or metadata to uh, advertising customers or companies. I mean, just think about that. They have the perfect storm of information to sell metadata to every advertiser on the planet outside of maybe Google. All right, and they had to rely on their game uh, uh, sales or their uh, the fraud or uh, the what was it friendly fraud. Yes, friendly fraud. I mean, what the what the utter fuck, right? When they're talking mm-hmm. about you know kids uh, that are fifteen, I mean, this isn't like a you know, a you know, a preschooler or you know a, a elementary student that you know got a hold of their parents' iPad or something and you know racked up some cash. There was one fifteen-year-old racked up sixty-five hundred dollars in charges in two weeks playing games on Facebook. The company denied requests for refunds. Facebook employees referred to these children as whales, a term borrowed from the casino industry to describe a profit spenders. A child could spend hundreds of dollars a day in games featured features such as arming their character with flaming swords or a new magic spell to defeat the enemy, even if they didn't realize it until the credit card bill had arrived. What the utter fuck, right? Yeah. You know, my kid... And, the, actually, and, and there's a... 
big thing here talking about, well, he looks underage. Well, maybe not 13. Uh, you know, and that's the thing here is that uh, what's the user's total lifetime spend? And they, they give the number. Uh, they're disputing all of it, I believe. Uh, that user looks underage as well. Maybe, well, maybe not under 13. Is the user uh, writing in a, uh, uh, in a parent or is this user a 13 years old? It's a 13 year old. Well, it says it's 15. Looks a bit younger. She, uh, not it's, uh, laughs out loud. I mean, just, oh. So Zuckerberg uh, is winning uh, over uh, Agit Pine now? <laughs> it's close. It's close. My kid bought something accidentally the other day. Not on Facebook, but on one of the games that he plays on my phone. Mm-hmm. We sat down and we talked about it. I mean, he wasn't in trouble or anything. Uh, but I was did like, "Did you get a refund?" Or no, I I let him keep it. It was um, a a train game on my phone that he plays all the time. And he bought like a did he buy the steam trains or the diesel? I don't, it's I mean, it's just like a reskin for the trains. Mm-hmm. It's it's and uh, he was like, "Oh, I, I want to get this, Daddy." I'm like, "Get what?" And then it was like he already had it, and I was like, "Hmm." I could have swore I had the password thing set up on my phone. So part of that's on me. But also, let's talk about what these menus are, buddy. I've tried to explain this to you before, but you're older now. So I sat down and I talked him through what everything was. And I was like, <laughs> if you find yourself here and, and daddy's not sitting in the room or mommy's not, come find us and we can help you get back to where the game is. And I was like, I'll let you keep your thing. Part of that's on me. So I went in and I made sure that like for every purchase I have to enter my my password but i had said it where that you just only have to enter it every so often mm-hmm. so i must have recently bought something and then it was still like saved but yeah so i had that that experience with my kid for the first time but he didn't wrap up rack up sixty five hundred dollars on my credit card or paypal or anything i mean damn <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I would have definitely done a chargeback on that, but no, if it was like two ninety nine or one ninety nine or something, I was like, okay, I this is a lesson learned for both of us. I need to make sure that password stuff is set up for sure, and it's you're old enough for me to start teaching you about these things now. Teachable moment. Anyways, fuck Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, Facebook was essentially what loot boxes are now. You know, just screwing people over out of their money. Indeed. <sighs> Moving on to near the last part of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a community corner this week. We had Jim send in a short email with a link to a rather lengthy YouTube video, which we'll make sure to put the link to the YouTube video in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, pulling pull the email up here. The email says, <clears throat> excuse me, says this is a really interesting video on the Quake 2 mod that added ray tracing. It's especially interesting because they show the raw ray trace view, Hall of Mirrors mode, and talk about the processing needed to apply it to the image. It also talks about the limitations of what parts of the rendering are more or less computationally intensive. I will admit that I only uh, got through about half of it, and a lot of this is over my head because I'm not a graphics guy. 
Remember, for me, yeah. gameplay is king. So a, a fair amount of this is, you know, I understand a bit of it. I understand enough to you know, get myself into trouble. But I will say that, uh, you know, some of the lighting effects in this was just fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. The one shot where they were talking about the ship flying over and having the proper shadow. You know, you just don't see uh, that level of detail in games. Yeah, so, even modern yeah. games lots of times don't have that. Um, I mean, it's which, just a, a very so, diffused, uh, very light shadow effect that you know, moved across. But the fact that it's there, and that's... I would say shadows are probably the roughest part of games right now. I think that's a fair thing to say. Shadows or maybe water reflection. Uh, well, but I mean, shadows are up yeah, there. It, well, it depends also on the game, but usually shadows are, are the either the roughest or the yeah the least thought of. But shadows are also what really makes uh, a scene pop. If you've uh, ever watched you know, a, a painter painting, especially like Bob Ross and him talking about light and shadow, uh, it does show you know why this is so important. That it draws uh, yeah. uh, objects uh, out of the background or pushes uh, objects into the background, depending on how you uh, play with it. So, yeah, it is an important part of gaming and a, an important part of graphics. And it's just, it requires a lot of uh, powerful hardware to be able to do in real time. And it's not quite there yet. It does seem like it's getting a lot closer, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... It, so, what is it? What do they call it? Active ray tracing yeah. or no real time ray tracing? Um, with the RTX cards from you know Nvidia, is um, I think the first step. It's kind of in that gimmicky stage for gaming at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that it's on a consumer level graphics card, whereas previously to do this for things like animated you know films and shorts and whatnot, um, you know. You could do it, but you're looking at, you know, an order of, like, an hour per frame, you know, for some of these things. Like, for Pixar and uh, whenever they do that. Because I've seen them talk about some of that stuff and, like, you know, the, the extras and things on, uh, you know, DVDs when people had those. Um, so, the fact that it's able to be done, to some extent, in real time with a consumer-level graphics card is... a huge step forward but it's still that in that brand new gimmicky phase but i think we'll see this in the next mm, five to ten years become something that is what will separate um the next generation or of graphics cards from what we've got today and the same way we think about you know the old 2d versus 3d accelerator cards from the the 90s um and even into the early 2000s uh, and, and watching the video, so I watched it as well, like right before we started recording and I'm not sure if I understood it any better than you did. Um, the gist, I think of what they were getting at was that, you know, originally all of these computations and everything were ran separately and then saved as sort of like, uh, a, a, shadow a, map. a texture, yeah, a shadow map to be, you know, overlaid over the level where you were playing. Um, whereas now it's being done much closer to real time, if not entirely in real time. Uh, and the difference that it makes in terms of dynamic lighting and things like that. 
uh, and being able to apply that to even a game, you know, as old as Quake 2 is at this point and what, how big of a difference it can make when you compare the two side by side. Um, and I think that's really, really fascinating, really interesting. And I love to see what they're going to do with this tech, this tech in the next few years as computational power continues to increase, um, or become, you know, cheaper so that people can, you know, effectively get more of it. Or it becomes more Uh, efficient. Or, yeah, or, you know, some combination of those. But I'm going to, I'm definitely going to watch it again when I have more time because, like, we were sort of setting up the show and we were watching it and listening to it and, you know, having a little back and And forth. And also, the, I want to sit down. Also, the big uh, limiting factor right now is just the number of bounces. Because uh, that's one thing they, they were talking about that some areas that would naturally be, uh, illuminated just by ambient light, you know, uh, bouncing off of, uh, you know, a couple uh, walls, for example, uh, going yeah. down a hallway uh, in this mod or would be pitch black because right now, whenever a, a ray of light is uh, uh, sent out from a light source, it bounces once and then that's it. But in the real world, because uh, outside of <laughs> very limited situations, Everything reflects light. So light is thrown around and uh, it splashes around and it creates extra illumination sources. Not as strong as the uh, original, of course, but uh, it's something that they're still trying to work on. Right. So that's the big limiting factor right now. That and the fact that uh, they were talking about how whenever something is gibbed, uh, it has a uh, a little bit of a ghost because of how they were handling the ray tracing because part of it was the previous frame uh, to uh, cut back on the amount of processing needed. So it uh, yeah would cause things to have a, a little bit of a ghost following them or if something was moving too fast for that to uh, be an effective use, it would uh, not be able to keep up. So, yeah, there is limits still, and there's uh, things to fix, but it was very impressive looking. Yes, it was. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go back and watch the video later. I don't know, tomorrow maybe, or no, Thursday, while I'm waiting in the doctor's office. Have my, my first follow-up. Uh, so I'll be there a while, probably. Sit there and watch it on, on the YouTubes. But yeah, I want to go back and watch it again. Um, Partly, I've seen it, you know, once. So I'll be able to pay better attention to certain things. And also partly just like to give it much more of my attention. Because I do find stuff like this fascinating. And like I would have never discovered this on my own, I don't think. So thank you very much, Jim, for sending us something something interesting to go through. Yes, and if you wish to send us other things that are interesting, you do so. BGLpodcast at gmail.com or send them to us on our Twitter, BGLpodcast.com. At VGO Podcast, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. And since we're um, coming up kind of short, uh, doobly do. Indeed. Doobly do for and that I, there. I had discovery my discovery queue open already. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have Steam open. I need yeah, to. I was cheating. What can I say? You always do. That's fine. Uh, but I have Generation Zero. This is open world survival. 
uh, which, you know, but the thing is that this is being developed by Avalanche Studios, the developers behind the Just Call series. So, interesting. Isn't that the survival game that has mechs? Yeah, it's the survival game that has mechs. I've seen it on Keymailer. I haven't seen it on Steam. Uh, well, I just got it on my Discovery queue. It has mechs, and it looks like it's co-op focused instead of pure multiplayer focused, uh, sort of like Rust. Uh, it's rather impressive looking uh, graphically. But, yeah. Uh, mechs Arrival. Uh, hey, at least it's not zombies, right? <laughs> Are, uh, mechs feel like they're making a big comeback. I'm seeing them in all kinds of stuff the last year or two. Uh, you got yours open yet? Yeah. Anything good? I don't have anything to... Nope. <laughs> so far, not. Oh, I got Far Cry New Dawn. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I'm... Maybe. I'm, I don't know. I'm starting off strong, I guess. That, that's my first two. So, this is the... Uh, this is a spinoff, isn't it? Uh, technically. This is a new mainstay. Yeah, it's it's very it's, pink. I mean, it's after the like the canon ending of of Far Cry Five. Um, uh, so this spoilers is... the end of Far Cry Five, if you care. Mm, not really. Uh, there's a nuke that goes off, um, which you know wipes out the area, and this is takes place fairly recently after that, if I'm remembering correctly, and you're just trying to survive. And the area where the blast went off, but yeah, it's it's very very colorful. They went with the uh, you know uh, the Borderlands style post apocalypse, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just all the screenshots are pink. No, I'm not joking. Everything is pink. I like pink. I like pink. Uh, I've got one finally. Uh, let me scroll over here to paste it. Vulcanoids. The description for this game says oh, Vulcanoids yeah, just, is a first person. I just person. added that to my wish list. <laughs> I was about, nice. I was, I was about to say Vulcanoids wait, is a Sorry. first person base building survival game set in a steampunk era where humans and technology meet. I mean, I'm in. Right? Yeah. I'm in. Giant steampunk drill thing where you mine and. I've actually seen that developer stuff. on Reddit uh, showing. Uh, 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 progression of uh, the drill base uh, it's slowly evolving uh, as he's worked on the game uh, you know, before release uh, so yeah I, I, when I saw this on uh, the front page I immediately uh, went and wishlisted it because it, it's looked interesting for quite a while to me but yeah, finally it's uh, out into some degree uh, I got a, uh, a a tycoon style game or a, a sim game Boxing school. No idea if this is any good. It's not rated particularly highly, but it's also uh, yeah, a pretty niche title to begin with. Boxing school. Take control of a boxing gym in the eighties. You'll hire the, uh, the you'll hire the boxers. Uh, teach them to fight. Climb the ranks. New management game uh, made by the developers of Gladiator School. I don't know Gladiator School, but it sounds like it may be repetitive. But you know, eh, not fancy. It's a style of management game, right? Yeah. It's interesting, at least. Uh, <laughs> uh-oh. What, okay. Okay. Latte Stand Tycoon. Let me give you a link. 
Well, uh, pretty much all mod discovery queue is like, okay, here's another uh, at least interesting looking one. So Latte Stand Kai Tycoon, come join Maya and Maya, okay, as they attempt to restore an old family home and assimilate into the town of Falling Leaves as you learn to mix the perfect latte to fit the ever-changing weather. Can you become a master barista oh, God, and change the horrible. mood of an ever-gloomy town? This doesn't look great. Doesn't look great. How about one that actually does look good? Well, that would... Sure. Catherine Classic. Oh, Catherine. Okay. Yeah, uh, I got that on my discovery queue. What 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 makes it Catherine Classic? Uh, this is the original version. They are re uh, doing a remaster, and it's coming out on PC as well. So okay. maybe better to hold off on this, but uh, this was a PlayStation 3 game, right? Was it PS3 or was it PS Vita? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a console, uh, not a handheld. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I don't know a lot about the story because I didn't really pay attention to it because it was console exclusive at the time. But yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so, But the fact that we're seeing more Atlas games uh, coming out on Steam makes me wonder if we're going to be seeing you know, uh, some of the more mainstay stuff. You know, the Persona games, for example. Uh, it was originally released on PS3 and PS Vita. Oh, so we were both right. And it was ported to, to Xbox 360 and Microsoft Windows. Then you can get it on PS4 via their, whatever their store is, you know, their, that has older PlayStation games. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, a, it's a visual novel slash puzzle game, right? Yeah. And very weird, I mean, but, you know, JRPG, essentially. Uh, you get another one? I'm only halfway through my queue. Uh, and so far, no go. And, uh, so if you got another one, just keep on going. I'm trying to figure out what this is. I mean, it looks interesting. Oh, what the hell? We'll put it on here anyway. Looks like it's an episodic game or part one of a game. Uh, I guess I know who's going to have the most games this time around. Bright Memory Bright Episode Memory 1. Episode 1. I'm not sure about this. Uh, uh, hmm. A hack and slash uh, adventure game. I mean, it has some fairly impressive graphics for being an indie game, right? It does indeed. Yeah, it looks like first... Per this almost feels like... Uh, uh, the Shadow Warrior game with uh, the melee combat, where uh, they have the ability to throw uh, energy projectiles from a sword. I'm not sure if that's a sword, though. But first-person hack-and-slash-slash-shooter uh, with some RPG elements. I'm just looking at the trailer. I'm not uh, listening to it, though. Now, the question is, that whole episode one, is this going to be part one of a series? Is this... Uh, yeah, just what they're calling it for now, or what? But interesting, right? And this yeah. is why we have the discovery queue to find interesting things, to find neat random junk. <laughs> That's the best kind of junk, the neat random kind. <laughs> and I got and, sheesh. It's my discovery queue is basically like a, a cavalcade of actually decent things. I don't have shit. I'm on my third discovery queue just looking for something Pika else. Pika getting... This was actually a uh, giveaway on uh, Twitch Prime uh, before it came out. Newest Devolver digital game. Uh, 
and is I haven't played it yet. An absurdly wonderful puzzle exploration game that takes place in, the, in a strange but playful world where not everyone, everything is as happy as it seems. Help peculiar characters overcome struggles, uncover a deep state conspiracy, and start a fun little revolution in this delightful dystopian adventure. So, Well, that does sound delightful. I mean, it's a Devolver Digital, so you know it's going to be fucked up, right? Yeah. Just want to start a fun little revolution. Well, first one that actually looks kind of shit, so. Alright, when I when I wrap this one up, I'm not going to start anymore. Uh-oh. I just have gotten, like, this has been like a Steam Direct trash pile of just pointless garbage. Speaking of pointless garbage, Sagan Kagura Burst Renewal. Looks like they're uh, ditching the whole, you know, crappy third-person shooter and going back to the brawler. Which is a little bit ironic, at, you know, brawler. Ah. Uh. But yeah, uh, Psychic Hugger is actually a decent third person uh, hack and slash brawler. It's just, yep, it has the anime boobies on it as well, which, you know, kind of turns some people off. It's just I haven't uh, spent enough time with them to really get to enjoy them, but oh, Peach Beach Splash just sucked. It looks like they're actually throwing in a lot of free DLC this time around. Uh, but they already have the paid DLC. $40 and then another 22 for... Uh, these are actually campaigns. They're not uh, cosmetics this time around. That's the other thing is that before they were always just cosmetics, but it's something different. Anyway, I got three more to go. Hmm. Uh, that's trash. Oh! Another good one. <laughs> I, I'm serious. This has been one cue, by the way. Breach. This is a third-person ARPG. I, I had a beta code for this, but I didn't get a chance to play it. Uh, it's mixed reviews right now, but it doesn't have many people reviewing it. So, yeah, there there, there was some people talking about balance issues, I believe. Oh, hey, I got Breach. <laughs> As my last one on queue number four. Well, sorry. <laughs> nah, it's fine. Do you want Breach? Nah, it's fine. All right. Uh, but, I got Vulcanoids. But there was some uh, people talking about uh, possible balance issues and that it had uh, some uh, rough frame rates, but it's also early access. Uh, and also that it's a bit pricey for what it is, at least in the time being. It's a $25 game and it doesn't have a lot of content there. And my last one, hang on, I'm looking at this, that is interesting, what the hell, uh, you know, I don't have enough games on my list this time around, I, I need to add more to add to my, uh, uh, to the <laughs> show notes, Odd Realm, Odd Realm is a simulation game set in a procedurally generated fantasy world where you foster a group of settlers to help them build, explore, and survive. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting art style on this. It's full on top down. At first, I was thinking this was uh, a different game uh, just because of the, the way that they are showing the different Z levels. You know, uh, showing the hillsides. Yeah. Uh, and I'm blanking on the name again, but it's the one where you uh, build bases and fight the, uh, the uh, goo incoming. 
uh, it's essentially uh, build bases. It was essentially a, a precursor to the tower defense genre on uh, Congregate. Hmm. But yeah, this uh, looks like it's actually somewhat decently uh, featured out right now. Uh, yeah. Why is this game relevant to you? Well, you have RimWorld uh, with uh, several hundred hours played. Gee, I wonder why, right? And that's yeah. just what uh, the game or what uh, Steam is able to see because one of our record RimWorld, yo, um, I have Steam turned off. Looks like there's also some story elements to this. So there's uh, uh some sort of choice system going on here. That's interesting. Yeah, depending on how well how well featured this is, and also yeah, development of course. Let's see how long is this going. Approximately how long is this going to be in early access? Six to twelve months. That's not a long development cycle. Unless this uh, is uh, yeah pretty far along, but I somehow doubt it's that far along. But yeah, interesting. It looks like there's some sort of perk system under everything as well, based on. Uh, of the hierarchy here. So, yeah. Odd Realm. Uh, one to look out for if you're into the base builders. And that is the end of my queue. I, I found a couple games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not not my week for Discovery queue, I guess. Because I had... Uh, I had 9 out of 12. I had, four, I had four queues. I got two games. Would have had three if I didn't grab one. <laughs> Nine out of twelve. That is absurd. That's the biggest I've gotten. I mean, damn right. Yeah, that's a that's a good ratio. I mean, that's three quarters. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's a passing grade. <laughs> Woohoo! You got a a D. I'm winning. You did it. D for did it. All right. Well, then, with Discovery Q yeah. over, move on to the portion of the podcast where I go first. If you want to find my stuff, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist on the YouTubes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where you can see me tweet about all kinds of things. Recently, I've made a couple of tweets asking questions about tech stuff, if anybody in our audience uh, is aware. And if you want to contribute to that discussion, uh, I asked if anybody had any personal experience with M.2 nvme ssds uh and whether or not they made a practical difference in day-to-day -day computing and gaming versus just sticking to uh regular old ssd plugged in via sata so anyone with practical experience if you want to contribute to that send me a tweet uh or respond to the tweet that i posted totally tweet 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 uh and also if you want to be friends with me on Steam, you can send a friend request to jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests and like to chat with people. Just a friendly reminder, if it's going to be something for the show, I will probably ask you now to send it to uh, our email, the show email. But if you just want to chat, ask me some questions about games or personal questions or whatever, things you maybe don't feel comfortable talking about on Discord, uh, you can do so there. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week, and I'm going to urge her horribly, is Bachfabendlich, which is a German word for uh, wanting to punch someone or slap them in the face. <laughs> I'm not joking. 
No, I believe you. The German language is just amazing. And yes. here, I want you to see just the uh, the spelling on this. See, uh, there, I'll put it on Discord for you. There's way too many consonants in that. Bach, Fife, and you see, I don't, yeah, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I've been sitting here listening to audio files of this. <laughs> Bike Fife, and Gesiezt. That's probably the closest I'm going to get. And that's immediately after listening to an audio file of it. <laughs> so I do apologize to anybody that speaks German, but it was too perfect, you know? And I knew the German right. uh, language had something like that. <laughs> because uh, the German language is like Lego. You can just put words together. So, uh, getting to my stuff, uh, YouTube is coming back online. I basically just missed getting a, a, a video out today. So I decided to just wait till Friday and uh, restart there. Twitter is uh, slowly getting some content on it, but it's also going to be suffering a, a severe drought of content because YouTube is doing something fucking stupid this week. Or do you know about this? Uh, where they're not doing the automatic nope. posts to Twitter and... Yeah, it stops tomorrow. Because we're after midnight now. Yep. Oh, fucking stupid, right? But they said, uh, well, if you want to share it on Twitter, you just go to the video and share it. Yeah, because it was so hard to check the box. Or better yet, it did it for me. Uh, yo, be able to write the tweet while you're uploading, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just YouTube is stupid. But I guess that's just the excuse for me to, uh, you know, just tweet random nonsense like I did today. You know, uh, trying to counter the uh, you know EA just sitting on the Star Wars license and doing absolutely nothing with it. Spaceballs games. We need Spaceballs games. I can handle that. <laughs> Uh, besides, uh, there's not that many truly humorous games. There, there's games that ha use humor, but usually there's not many games that try to be comedies. Whenever you sit down and really think about it, huh? Yeah. So, you know, sci-fi humor. Let, let's go for it. Uh, but I am going to be trying to get Twitch up and running sometime in February. So if you were to beat the rush, because there definitely is going to be such a rush of me uh, streaming again, you'd so twitch.tv slash caffeine underscore rage. I'm pretty sure there's an underscore there. Or if not, just take out the underscore. I can't remember. I'm not going to bother checking right now. Or you just uh, ask me on Steam directly. Caffeine Rage over there as well. It seems like I have a theme going or something. And I'll uh, give you all the links you want. Or uh, if you really want to, I could also uh, put you on uh, the Discord. <laughs> we should probably uh, try to figure out how this you know, spammers got in. And I should also probably get that bot up and running uh, for moderation so I could turn off the five-minute cooldown whenever somebody joins. <sighs> Damn spammers, right? I'd just love to know how they found Damn us. Spammers. Go Facebook, probably. Yeah, I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if you wish to blame him as well, you could do so. VGL podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, and gaming related topics, or just tweet uh, your blame to Jared at VGL podcast on the Twitter. If you wish to help uh, pay for this absolute madness, you could do so. Patreon.com slash VGL podcast, which uh, supports our Podbean account. VGL podcast.podbean.com, which hosts the RSS feed, the show notes, links to all our stuff. Or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or where other good podcasts are. We've kind of snuck in there as well. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Key music is Doobly Doo by the same artist. His work can be found at incomputech.com, and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, we'll bye now. See you next time. So whenever you look at Zuckerberg, do, do you see a person that you know, has a soul or you know, is it just some sort of just lizard man in a, you know, a flesh husk? I see a person that eats souls. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if he ate souls. I mean, you are what you eat. So when he eventually gained some sort of sentience. Mm. Yes. <laughs> He's just not there yet. He's like a black hole for souls. So that's why he created Facebook, so that he could eat all of the souls of everyone. And he's just his hunger is insatiable. Yeah, because yeah. One day he's gonna turn out to be Cthulhu. <laughs> uh yeah, uh, L- Lovecraft would look at him and think, That's one creepy motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I I've seen enough. I, I don't need any more. <laughs> I don't need to write anymore. You, you, you got. You win. You win. <laughs> uh, here, just take my soul. <laughs> Too bad I don't have a soul. Uh, what you sold it for a donut? Yeah, that was the failed donut that melted my pancreas. <laughs> Wasn't worth it. Well, oh, well. Uh, you live well, in life. Uh, I talked about uh, loving uh, all the dicks, so now you get to prick yourself all the time. <laughs>